You are listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I am your host, Celine Yeager. Each week, I bring you advice from athletes, scientists, researchers, and other experts to help you feel and perform your best, no matter what your hormones are doing. This show is a production of Live Feisty Media. Hello, strong, feisty women. So spring has sprung here in Pennsylvania. So if I sound like I'm talking to you through a sea of pollen, it's because I am. Not only do I live in one of the most consistently top-rated places in the country for the worst seasonal allergies, which is a true story, we live in a beautiful valley surrounded by mountains that are great for riding bikes and hiking, but also create a big old soup bowl for allergens to just swirl in all spring and fall long. So, and allergies can get worse with menopause. So double whammy there. Yay. I sound a little congested, but all is well. Anyway, enough about that. Let's talk about masturbation. No, really buckle up because this one this week is a wild ride. I had the absolute pleasure of sitting down with Lou Featherstone, who describes herself as a 50-something mom on a mission to help women of all ages be completely confident in themselves. And as the founding member of the Zero Fucks Club, she is helping others grow old disgracefully. Lou recently toured the U.S. in a vintage Bluebird bus that she had sort of custom designed, and I will put a link to that in the show notes because it is well worth seeing, Uh, spreading sex positivity as well as busting myths on midlife and menopause along her journey across the States. And I'm going to tell you something. This conversation was not what I expected. I mean, I expected a really great conversation about midlife sexuality and body confidence and, and all of those topics, but man... This conversation was about much more than vibrators and literally getting back in touch with your sexual self, though there's plenty of that. It was about the journey that we take as women in this world and how we can lose ourselves in taking care of everyone else and worrying about everyone else and how menopause and midlife can be the perfect time to find ourselves again. And I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. I will put links to her website in the show notes so you can learn more about her and the companies who sponsor her that she talks about on the show, like the Fun Factory, who make responsibly and ethically manufactured sex toys, as well as Momotero Apotheca. I always have trouble saying that one, uh, which is a certified organic and cruelty-free Volvo vaginal care product company. Great stuff all the way around. I hope you enjoy it. I'm sure you will. All right, before we get to it, remember to sign up for my free weekly blog at feistymenopause.com, where I distill all the latest research and what it means to you. Follow us at Feisty Menopause on Instagram and Facebook. Come and join that private Hit Play Not Pause Facebook group where we are helping each other 24-7. If you like the show, give it a little love with a good review on your podcast platform. It helps the show continue to grow, and it is, and I love you. Uh, If you want a deeper dive into all of this and some more one-on-one time with experts like we have on this show, come on in and join our Level Up membership, uh, which you can also learn about at feistymenopause.com. Finally, super quick thanks to Inside Tracker for their support. I got a question about Inside Tracker through my SpeakPipe online voicemail box, and I thought it'd be actually great to address it here. The question was someone who was interested in Inside Tracker, but she is not a type A. She is an intuitive eater and does not want to obsess about what she eats. She has some concerns about her appetite. She has lost her appetite and was wondering if Inside Tracker could help, but she didn't want to get obsessive. I cannot say it will answer that question. If you have questions about something like that, which is maybe a little medically specific and not necessarily related to nutrition, I would go talk to your doctor. I think that that is worth a conversation with your doc. But I will say that about Inside Tracker, I am an intuitive eater myself. I do not track. I am not obsessed. And Inside Tracker isn't about any of that. They make recommendations based on your blood work. They are widespread recommendations. They're not that specifically anal. And I have found them enormously helpful. That's how I lowered my cholesterol 30 points, learning about berberine, uh, I do not track anything. So anyway, speaking of track, thanks Inside Tracker for your continued support. 
Anyway, enough of me. Let's have a few words about our awesome sponsors and get on with the show. As a lifelong runner and cyclist, I am stoked to announce that Tifosi Optics has come on as a podcast sponsor. The beauty of Tifosi sports glasses is that they hit all the marks. They are shatterproof polycarbonate, so the lenses not only reduce glare, but also offer scratch resistance and complete eye protection. They stay put. They have little hydrophilic rubber nose pads that actually get more grippy the more you sweat, so they stay secure and don't slide down your face even when you're running in sauna-like conditions. No matter what sport you do, they have a shade for your activity, including tennis, fishing, pickleball, running, cycling, and just hanging out at the beach. And they are super reasonably well-priced, which is very hard to find in a sea of overpriced eyewear. And they just look freaking rad. So head on over to tifosioptics.com and use the code FM, capital F, and capital M, like feisty menopause, number 20, FM20, to get 20% off your order today. I'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap. Good sleep. The one thing that sets you up for a great workout and a good day is quality sleep. We talk about it all the time here on the show, which is why I'm stoked to have Lagoon Sleep as a new sponsor. Because one of the most overlooked tools in a great sleep toolbox is the thing you literally rest your head on eight hours a night, your pillow. A quality pillow is everything. Otherwise, you end up tossing, turning, punching, and folding your pillow, waking up with neck pain, and all the stuff that happens when your pillow doesn't meet your personal comfort needs. Say hello to the most comfortable sleep you've ever had with Lagoon. They start you out with a two-minute personalized pillow quiz and then pair you with your perfect pillow. I got the Otter, a cooling adjustable pillow that is perfect for side sleepers who run warm at night like I do. It is a dream. It's fully adjustable, so I was able to get the perfect loft and support, and the cooling feature is everything. As someone who turned into a furnace every evening before menopause, I appreciate that the Otter is stuffed with shredded gel-infused memory foam, which instead of trapping heat from my neck and head, draws it away and dissipates it. It's truly delightful. I'm a good sleeper, and Otter has taken it to the next level with both support and cooling. Put my head down, good night, Irene. My aura ring confirms what little tossing and turning I was doing is gone. The beauty of the pillow quiz is you can get the perfect pillow that you need to and make your sleep the best sleep you can have. Go to lagoonsleep.com slash hit play and take the two minute quiz to find your perfect match and then use the code hit play all caps one word for 15% off your first purchase. Sweet dreams. All right, Lou, I have my seatbelt buckled firmly in place. <laughs> good job, baby, good job. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where this is going, but probably off the rails in a hurry. So, <laughs> so why not? Um, so I want, you know, here's the thing. So I obviously am very familiar with your work with the menace, meno, menopause sex campaign. <laughs> been well documented i want to get into all that but you know what i don't know much about the woman behind Susie the the beautiful bus like where what was your midlife like before you embarked on this magnificent adventure oh my goodness me so <laughs> big question small um, question right out of the gate <laughs> yeah let's just go straight in there um oh good god so i've been living um i had I lived in London, well, I lived in Brighton, just south of London, and worked for social services, working with families in care, uh, families who's in crisis, whose kids were about to be removed and put into the care system. I would go in and work with the families and try and keep them at home. My husband was a big in advertising and commuted up and down to London every day. And we had a 10-year-old son, and I was fed up with him being on the train the whole time. And he suddenly got offered a whole spattering of jobs in America. And I was like, let's go. Come on. <clears throat> it's not a coincidence you've been offered like five jobs at once. Let's pick one and go. So we took the job in Portland, in Oregon, and uprooted and moved there. Um, and then fast forward eight years, I left. we separated in COVID. We went out there full of big dream and excited for an adventure and spend more time together. Only turned out he really annoyed me. <laughs> um, I think almost immediately in arriving in America, I couldn't work because I didn't have a visa. 
and he had to bury he had to you know ingratiate himself in this new big job he'd been flown over to to get stuck into and I couldn't work so I set about making friends getting fit going hiking joining CrossFit having lunches I was very panicked before we left about not having a job and um but let me tell you I settled into doing fuck all very quickly <laughs> <laughs> And I will forever be grateful for that year, not because I didn't have to work, but because it just gave me this pause on life to like to reinvent myself, if you like, to make new friends, to build all these relationships. And I just met some really badass women um, and started hiking. And that had a dramatic effect on my life. Um, and now here I am uh, back in the UK, having driven from one side of America to the other in a vintage bus preaching self-love and masturbation and um, confidence in middle age. Um, so, yeah, it's been it's been quite the journey over the last few years. Um, uh, all the goods and all the bads. My mum died, my son's graduated high school, and now he's off to fly his, fly his own wings. And I've come back to the UK to spread my message over here. Um, I found America fantastically amazing and welcoming and uplifting I found I just I I loved it I it's helped me find myself and my confidence massively being surrounded by positivity of Americans um, but it's also so brutal the healthcare women's rights I, it's you know the racism not that it's not racist here I would like to say um it's just all a lot. It didn't sort of sit very well in my socialist soul. I feel like everything in America is so amazing or so awful or so fabulous or so painful. And there doesn't seem to be a bit in the middle. And I found <laughs> I just and I found you you have or you have not. And I fell into have, and that just made me feel uncomfortable about those who didn't all the time. So it kind of upset my soul. <laughs> um so I decided just come home and take a breath and see what happens you know come here with a message and bring the bus over and see what they make of it over here and it yeah it's amazing so Susie who is my who's the bus will arrive early spring and then I'm going to take her on a tour of Britain <laughs> wow um yeah. how is the bus getting there before I ask another question about menopause that's just like how do you get a bus across the pond uh very expensively on a ship on a very expensive <laughs> that's what I ship <laughs> um my my theory is uh, my life's like a ponzi scheme my finances are like a ponzi scheme of life so i'm figuring if i invest the money of bringing her over it'll pay me back and worst case scenario i can live in a <laughs> in a field somewhere <laughs> it all goes to itself <laughs> and it's you know it could go either way to be fair <laughs> i love that i love it so 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 before we get to your journey i'm curious like when did you yourself reach menopause and like what was your symptoms going surrounding that are you post like where are you in that journey i'm pretty much on the out periods have stopped and it's been that's been three years now to be honest i was really lazy and i stayed on my birth control pill because every time i tried to come off the birth control pill i literally tried to stab someone so i decided it was much it was much safer for me just to stay on that and then one day we went on vacation and I forgot to take them with me and we were gone for a month. And so I was like, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm just going to bleed everywhere. And I wasn't having sex because we've been married 20 years. So it doesn't really matter. And um, I never got a period ever again. It just, that was it. But I did go through, I had, the, the sweats were what got me the worst, I think. In the end, I just started to find them funny. <laughs> it was always just at the wrong moment. If I was trying to make a video for Instagram, one minute I looked fantastic, and the next I looked like I'd electrocuted myself. My hair's <laughs> standing on end. <laughs> boring. Um, but I have kept fit and really active and actively um, eaten well and spent as much time as I can outdoors. And I just, you know, it does, of course, the rages you know, come and go. Um, but I've been particularly blessed being feeling okay. I've worked hard at feeling okay because I'm really not a um, medication girl at all. I'd rather not take anything. I was sitting with some friends this weekend and they were swapping mushroom advice for, you know, HRT advice. And they were going, I was sitting there. I, I just, I didn't do any of those things. I, um, Mushrooms and HRT? Okay. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> 
Why not? I, I never say never, girls. Whatever gets you through. <laughs> oh dear. I mean, I've I've always been I've I've been very very active for the last eight years, particularly since we got to Portland when we discovered hiking and CrossFit. And I swear to God, climbing mountains with my girls has kept me you know well and healthy actually I did I was talking this morning this is the third cold I've had since I got back to Britain and I haven't been working out because just for one thing or another um and I started back at the gym this morning I can't keep being ill I haven't been ill for eight years and suddenly I stopped working uh stopped working out and I'm full of cold and feeling poorly again so it definitely helps it definitely helps it circulates those immune cells keeps you Mm, Mm, absolutely keep at it Mm-hmm. But I mean, my inbox is filled with so many women with most awful symptoms. And, you know, I found I've got hornier, you know, and I, you know, I've actually found a complete reverse of <laughs> lots of the horror stories um, that sort of, you know, hover around in the universe. Um, and my mum got Alzheimer's at 60. So I don't know. And she couldn't, she, you know, she lost, she got the early onset. Um, around 16 and didn't die till 70. So I don't really know. I couldn't ask her any questions, which is annoying. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel very lucky. Um, I feel very lucky, but I just keep myself very busy. So I don't notice. <laughs> and I feel great. I mean, what's not to love? No periods. Thanks very much. It's amazing. I can still feel myself go through the cycle, though. I still get really horny one week then I'm really hungry then I don't want anything then I can't do a poo you know it's you know I still go through (laughs) my boobs sometimes just swell out of nowhere and I'm like what the heck and then two days later they're gone again but mm, yeah it's funny and every now and again I just have a very random hot flush just because I'm hot (laughs) so 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 let's let's talk about how you got on this sex positive journey. And if you, so maybe this is too personal, but I don't think there's a question that's too personal for you. Um, Were you horny when you were in your marriage? I was very horny in my teens and in my twenties. And I was all about sex. I'd sleep with anyone. You look at me, I'd sleep with you. I had a great time. (laughs) And I'm not, at the time of my life, it was brilliant. Um, but I got to a point, I met my husband and he didn't want to sleep with me. He was the first man I'd ever met who was like, we're going to wait. And I was like, well, that's weird. What do we talk about? (laughs) What do we do? How do I handle? How do I navigate this? This is very strange. It it, it literally never happened to me. I thought it was the most romantic thing. Um, now, 25 years later, I'm like, maybe it was just a red flag. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny how you see things with perspective, isn't it? Um, it does crack me out that. Um, I don't know. I think I just, I think it's not just him. It was both of us. Um, our sex life fell into complete neglect, I think. Um, he worked crazy hours. I worked crazy hours. I had postnatal depression for a few years. He suffered from depression, um, on and off, like most creative men, um, do. He got, he worked crazy hours. He was always away. Couldn't be bothered. I, I was the woman that was like, refused to go on a date night. I was like, if we go on a date night, if we've got to make it happen, then it's not worth doing. Like, if we don't feel like going out, we're not doing it. So I actively resisted the date night or making any particular effort <laughs> to put it into my marriage. I did, you know, but we were happy. I wasn't unhappy that we weren't having sex. We just, um, I just figured I'd had all the sex before I met him and I'd used up my sex allowance for my life. <laughs> <laughs> And we were so happy in other ways. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. You know, it happened when it every now and again. And and then I'd go, oh, we should do that more. It's all right. And then off we bob again in life. Um, And it is one of my biggest regrets that we didn't make more effort with each other. And then, you know, by the time we've neglected each other and rejected each other so many times, there's no coming back from it, I don't think. I think it's too hard um, for us to get that back. Um, And then what what else went on in the marriage? I was like, I don't want to shag me I don't know what I don't you know I what basically so after we moved to America and I started to find my confidence in my fitness Instagram started growing and women were very women were being drawn to you know my fitness and, and lots of my you know bucket attitude and take my clothes off on top of a mountain well the first time I did that and um, we were snowshoeing and I took all my clothes off and um I put a little emoji over my bunk because I was a bit nervous which cracks me up now because everybody's seen a lot but um 
Um, I got a dick pic from a man at the gym, from this young boy, he was 26. I had never had a dick pic before. I was so old when I met my husband, we didn't even have mobile phones. Yeah. <laughs> it just wasn't a thing. And so I'd never had one before. So I sort of screamed, dropped it on the floor, sent it to all my mates. <laughs> <laughs> Got a dick from a 26 year old. <laughs> and then I'm like the worst feminist in the world. Because I was like, all right, I've still got it. I've still got it. And I was like, hang on a minute. We're literally being validated by a, not even a great dick, to be fair. Um, I hate that I give him this much power by talking about it because it wasn't that brilliant. But it did change my life. But I felt horny. And I suddenly started to realize that I, I thought I was dead from the waist down and I tucked that away and that's, it was okay, it was fine. But I started to feel more confident. So I talked about it online, the fact that I felt horny by this, from this dick pic and being the worst feminist in the world. And a vibrator company hit me up and said, do you want to become a vibrator advocate for us? And I literally had not had a vibrator since the rabbit. Like I was just, <laughs> I, you know. Sorry. I mean, it was like a blast from the past. <laughs> Right, I think you had to plug it into the mains. <laughs> it's so old, the batteries went rusty. I mean, it's so ancient. That was that was the only one I'd ever had. It wasn't, I, I didn't even in my twenties, in my teens, in my twenties. If I wanted an orgasm, I'd just go and get laid and sleep with someone. <laughs> I didn't really feel like I needed one, you know. And so this big box of vibrators arrived for me to test. And just as my husband and I were separating, it was during lockdown. We decided to part, but. Um, we stayed in the same house. I'd love to tell you it was because we were trying to, you know, consciously uncouple uh, as a deliberately to, for our child, but we just couldn't afford two houses. It's the truth, you know, it forced us into consciously uncoupling, which I actually think was one of the best things we managed to do for each other in 30 years and 20 years of marriage. But so I haven't had sex for years. I'm going into the spare room with a big box of vibrators as my marriage is ending. Well, what's a girl to do? <laughs> So I just started testing the things one after the other. And I just found a whole new sexy side of me for myself. For the first time in my whole life, it was about me and not about somebody else. And I started to figure out what I liked. And I had time and I was getting paid. <laughs> I was getting paid to do it, which was even better. But then the more I did it, the more sexier I actually felt in myself without even without anybody else involved, without being bothered about anybody else. Just started to find myself feeling more sexy um so I just you know I started sharing it and encouraging other women to do the same because I started to find quite power in it um and I started to find a little bit of power coming out of my marriage which felt really was hor horrifically conflicting um when your marriage is failing but you feel you know you're doing the right thing so you're sort of just it's very sad where we just sort of just couldn't get our paths back together at all you know and obviously he was desperately sad that the marriage was ending and I was desperately sad but I was also like I know I'm doing the right thing I just feel stronger and more empowered as I as I leave which was awful and very hard for him to understand especially with me blathering about it all over the internet which you know has been incredibly difficult for him uh, incredibly helpful for a lot of people and incredibly helpful for me um well, that sounds ultimately very selfish, but I'm always very conscious about what I say about him because he's a good guy and he didn't, he didn't really do anything wrong. He's just conditioned to how we should perform. We should have performed in our marriage as I was, you know. I set about, you know, I mean, look at us as women. We're, we're designed to accommodate somebody else, for God's sake. We're built to accommodate other people. It's never about us. We weren't born for that. It's just, it's nature, right? And then I just thought, I was just doing what I thought good wives did. And, and, you know, I facilitated his career, put myself on the back burner. I mean, familiar story to anyone? I don't know, any wife in the world, any mother in the world. Um, but then it started, you know, when I, things like the dick pic and the vibrators, and I started to realise quite how much I put myself on the back burner, like whole parts of me, this whole sexual side of me that I used to love, was still there. And then, I don't know, just, I started to find just the confidence as I got older I just I can't remember what age it was I started giving so many less fucks I just woke up one morning and just went I literally don't give a fuck anymore <laughs> who cares I think it's something to do with like Oscar reaching a certain age I could start to see the kind 50 of 50 was it for me yeah and I started to see my kids 
I was like, you're going to be a good human. I've done a good job with you. So that was another like, good, okay. And you're now ready to fly your, doing your journey. Like, what do I do next? Where do I go? And I'd made the separation from my husband, um, but it was time to leave the house because that really had a time limit on it, the brutality. Um, and so I bought this vintage bus and Instagram had grown quite considerably during lockdown. The day one of lockdown, I went, I'm just going to cheer everybody up. That's my new job because my business went to shit. Renting out clothes just went, was just my, I had a rental business. It was just beginning to take off and gone. Uh, so I was just going to cheer everybody up. And I found that women were drawn to my energy and positivity and desperately looking for tools to, how can I think like that? How can I be like that? How do you do that? How do you just, I mean, very simple things. Like how do you get up every morning at 6 a.m. and do it How and work out? How do you get up and push yourself up a mountain? How do you do these things? Things that, you know, people, lots of us take for granted, end up being our superpowers, everyday things. I always laugh. So I'm like, I'm basically just an active idiot. <laughs> no one's quite noticed that. <laughs> but I've learned just to, I don't know. And the bus tour taught me this. The bus tour taught me so many things. But just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. And I've just sort of felt my way. And, you know, I saw this bus and had an idea. And then I was like, I want the bloody bus. How do we get the bus? I crowdfunded the bus. I called people who supported the mission of me wanting to go out and um, meet women and empower them and connect them together because I found through Instagram so many people would open up to me on their direct messages. And I share a lot of personal stuff. So, you know, in turn, that comes back, which is a privilege, can be overwhelming at times because you get a lot of strangers deep deep problems um and you're like oh my gosh she's gonna overdose tonight like literally I think I'm just gonna kill myself you know like it's some of my messages are very overwhelming um and others are much more uplifting um but I was like I could feel I feel sad that people would reach out and talk to a stranger but then also it's easier for a lot of people to reach out and talk to a stranger and then also you know women do find it hard you get very stuck in your day-to-day -day routines and it's hard to step out and find new people and find new um, opportunities I, you know I was lucky I had a fresh start in Portland but I'm quite good at making things happen that's my that's my master thing I make shit happen and um so I decided to create the tour on the bus my idea with the bus was that I would throw events as I went around America and connect women together in their local communities and then I would roll on to the next town and you know I just create a little stir and hopefully people would find each other and then I move on and um which I did. I had visions of filling Madison Square Gardens by the time I got to New York and being the new Glennon Doyle with my infinite wisdom. And I didn't quite manage that, but I did. Um, I did speak as a sex exhibition. <laughs> so, what were you actually doing? Like, what what did that look like? Did you have a box of vibrators? Like, who? Like, I mean, I know that you're affiliated with you know with the. The sex factory, like the fun the, factory, the, yeah, the fun factory, fun factory, mm -hmm. um, and um, some of the the lubes and you know that we'll talk about. But like, what were you what were you physically doing? Like, what 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 did that look like as you drove that bus? Like, what what were these <sighs> events about? Well, I mean, I had a vision of driving around America, you know, with my big my big RV with one hand, swinging a gin and tonic with the other, you know, cruising, having epiphanies as I went. Um, that did not happen. There was many epiphanies on the road, I have to say, but the, the bus was so big, I, I spent most of the 6,000 miles like this. <laughs> Let me tell you, the roads of Kentucky are very rough. <laughs> <laughs> so most days I would get up probably super early because it was so hot. I went, I picked such a stupid dark route. I left Oregon in June and went down to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> and then came up to New York for October. So I went all oh, with the heat and then I dodged hurricanes. <laughs> and people were like, people kept saying, Lou, it's ripped up some, yeah, it's going to be very hot. And I was like, oh, I love the heat. I love it. I'm like, tab, so tad. I literally, where was I? Uh, Arizona, lying on the floor of the bus with all the air conditions on me going, I'm going to die alone <laughs> on the floor of this bus. I'm so hot. It was hideous. So I had to get up super early in the morning and I drive probably about between three, probably about 350 miles a day because the bus just couldn't handle it and it got too hot. I had to be where I was going by 11 and hope to God there was some shade that I could get under. I did have air conditioning when I was plugged, uh, hooked up in the RV park. 
um, but I didn't have any when I was driving. <laughs> it was very hot. And then um, there was events in Arizona, Austin, uh, Nashville, and then New York, and they were all different. I went, I did a, um, I appeared at a drag brunch in Nashville. Um, I went and did, um, I, I did a lot of public speaking. So I tell a lot, I talk a lot about the journey and how to, I do a talk about how to just switch your mindset to positive a little bit and how to find the happiness in, in the tiny things. Because for me, life's about, gratitude and the teeny tiny things that go up to make a bigger picture there's all the big fancy things and there's all the great stuff you can do but if you just start looking for the joy in every day it starts to be very culminative is that the word culminative it builds up um and then you find yourself looking for them rather than you know I was with a friend over the weekend and her and her husband are not getting on she went oh he'll be home in a minute let's wait I give him 10 minutes till he fucks me off and I'm like <laughs> I'm like, wow, you two have really got yourselves in a bit of a, like, you could see they're just like banging heads against each other. And how about you don't do that? How about you look for, I don't know, when he does something nice, let's see how long it, you know, I don't know, but if you're looking for the bad things, it's all you're going to see. If that's literally what you're just constantly picking. And don't, that's just, is long-term relationship, right? One thing gets on your nerves. You probably have the same argument for the last 25 years. And so you're just waiting, waiting for it to happen again. And you're like, ha, ha, you didn't listen to me last time. Here we are again. If you start to like pick out the good things. And I, if I'm having a bad day or I'm having a little rough patch in life and I'm struggling to see the sunshine, I, I have an exercise where I just write down the good things that happened in a day. And it could be everything from, I'd close the blind because the sun's shining in my eyes or I don't know, every teeny tiny thing that had made me feel good. And if you start to list them out, you realize there's an awful lot of them. And then you start looking for them actively. And then before you know it, you're not bothered about the old, you know, you're so obsessed with these things that you don't worry so much. The bad things still happen and the shitty things still go on. But you can balance things out a little bit more. Um, so, yeah. So I just, um, when I got to Arizona, I've been on the road about a month and I got to Arizona and I did a, um, spent some time there and I parked the bus and I flew back to the UK because I had to do a public speaking event here at an inspirational lectures event which was absolutely fabulous and then I got invited to do a stand-up comedy show in Amsterdam <laughs> never done stand-up comedy in my life I'm the headline act I was like you can't put me as a headline act I'm not even a comedian really I'm just stupid um but that was an amazing experience it was a feminist comedy show um and so I did a talk at that and then I flew back and picked up the bus and carried on and got down to Austin. And then I was hoping to go to New Orleans, but it was just too darn hot. So I turned up and went up to Nashville and Tennessee, broke down there for a little while and then poodled up and um, had to speed through your neck of the woods in Pennsylvania to get to New York. So, yeah, it was a journey of a lifetime. So the events happened. But what was more interesting was a whole sort of sub tour going on. Um, so I painted the bus. I had the bus wrapped. So I, when I bought the bus, I crowdfunded it to buy it. But then I approached some brands that I really love and use because I'm a really bad influencer. I can't sell stuff I don't use and love and and believe in. I just, it's just not what I'm about. Um, but I approached five brands to give me some sponsorship um, in return for coverage and the branding on the bus and stuff. And they were so supportive of such amazing team believers and like behind my mission um but they're um so the bus is crazy so I'm driving along so I'd stop at my get to my stop and park the bus up hook up pour myself a drink check my emails there'd be emails from people who passed me on the road and look me up on Instagram there'd be all these direct messages truck drivers would be driving past me it said self-love revolution on the on the side of the bus and then I park up. Obviously, I was the, always the talk of the RV park because I roll in and people are like, what on earth is that? And then about about six o'clock in RV world, everybody kind of comes out of the RVs and have a little walk around. They get the dog and a cocktail and they go for a little tootle around the car, around the RV park. And this is the most fun. So up come, you know, the couples are strolling by this couple and the, the husband will go like the bus. 
what what is it? And I'm like, that's a 1983 Bluebird Wonder Lodge. And they go, wow, okay. Bus converted, school bus conversion, no. Anyway, then I wow them with my mechanical knowledge of my bus, um, of which I now have quite a lot. Um, and the wives go, well, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I've just left my husband and I'm driving around America to try and encourage middle-aged women to step out of their comfort zone and try new things and embrace confidence in middle age and the menopause. Without fail, every wife high five me. Oh my God, yes. And the husbands are like, step away from the woman, step away from the crazy woman who's going to <laughs> lead you astray. Don't talk to her. <laughs> so funny, the men were terrified. Um, but then also, a lot of women, so many women, I had no idea. I mean, I'd watch Nomad, of course, but I had no idea how many women um, are living out on the road in their buses by themselves, in trailers and buses all over the country. It was it was like being in the movie. It was in Arkansas, I found three women in one campsite, all dying of cancer without any health insurance whatsoever. They'd just gone there to die. I found... Um, in another campsite, there was a woman who got herself a boyfriend who kind of isolated her from all her family in another state and has her sort of pretty much held prisoner. Um, and she went, I just, I, I saw you arrive and I Googled you and I felt like maybe you could give me some advice. And she just came knocking on the door. I came home one night in Austin and there was a woman bleeding. Her boyfriend had beaten her up. So she stayed with me for two nights while we found her a shelter. And um, we nipped and got her boyfriend, her husband went out to work and we went and grabbed all her stuff and the dog and then she hid at mine so we could get her in a shelter. But of course I didn't put this on Instagram because I was like, what if I get to the next campsite and I'm black, you know, I don't want to be talking about these people's deepest, darkest, worst moments. Um, I don't want to stop people coming and talking to me at the next site. So there was this whole thing going on as well as everything all the jazzy bits that were on Instagram and you know I put a lot of the real stuff and a lot of my emotions on there but it's not my place to be sharing other people's story at the time um so yeah it was quite I mean I would still be driving I would still drive I would still be driving if I had the money I would just have kept going just like a roving agony art I'd just keep driving till I couldn't afford it anymore but um it really highlighted, you know, everybody's need for connection. We need connection. And I think, particularly as women, I think the internet's been great for us. The internet's been great for women. And I think marginalized groups have a voice. Um, and we found each other, you know, particularly I think in mid midlife, such a, such a community of midlife warriors now going, yeah, you know, and it's helped me too, helped us all wake up, you know? Black Lives Matter's woken as well, not as many as it should have done, but you know, it's been such a few years of awakening for us. And I think, you know, it's the devil in the deep blue sea. I mean, the old internet isn't everybody compares themselves and you know it's not all real life. You still can't help yourself getting trapped in it. But I think it has helped us find a voice um, in a different way. Musculoskeletal health is everything during menopause. Everyone knows how much I love Joint Health Plus from Prevenex, which has helped me get back to distance running after arthritic toes stopped me in my tracks. Now they have a product that has become my go-to for muscle strength and recovery, Muscle Health Plus. Muscle Health Plus contains all the key ingredients we talk about on this show, like creatine monohydrate, essential amino acids, and branched-chain amino acids, Plus, even more cutting-edge ingredients like HMB and estrogen that are scientifically shown to increase muscle growth, recovery, and strength. I use it every day during my early morning lifting sessions, and there's no question that it helps my power during those workouts and my recovery after. Plus, I love having everything I need from the best high-quality ingredients in one reasonably priced shake. I've also heard from fellow users who have had bloating or GI upset in the past from creatine that haven't had any of that with Muscle Health Plus. I make my shake with almond milk and espresso, but it's also good with ice cold water, which makes the flavor really pop. As always, you can get 15% off your first order with the code HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Prevenex.com. That's HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Prevenex.com. Do your muscles a favor and head on over and get some today. For decades, running shoes have been researched, tested, and designed for men. Brands have relied on the shrink it and pink it approach to sell male shoes to female customers. That's why we are stoked to be working with Hebez. 
Hedda's designs athletic footwear for women that elevates performance, safety, and style. Hedda's has unlocked the science behind women's biomechanics through dedicated research and creates better shoes for women's performance. Some of Hedda's special features include a lower ankle collar to reduce rubbing on women's ankle bones, a breathable mesh toe box to allow for ventilation and accommodate female toe shape, a more narrow and reductive heel cup to reduce heel slippage and take pressure off the Achilles, a rounded instep that creates a snug fit through the middle to match the curvature of a woman's foot, and supercritical foam and a PBEX plate in the midsole to keep our legs going when the going gets tough. Hedda's has three shoe models designed for different sessions, the Alma Cruise for your long runs, the Alma Tempo for training days, and the Alma Speed for pushing the pace. I've been running in the Alma Tempos, and they are a pleasure to train in. You can get your own pair of Hedda's at Hedda's.com and use the code FEISTY20, that's all caps, FEISTY20, for 20% off. Check it out today. We'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap. Let's let's talk a little bit about about what what you make look so easy that is not easy. Like so, so many women. I mean, aside from a lot of the real dark, hard life stuff that you have you have talked about, like a lot of women, part of their lack of confidence and insecurity, especially at this time of life when. So much of our power is given to us by culture for what we look like, and it prizes youth, and it prizes that time of life, and that is, you know, we are empowered, quote unquote, by culture for that. So when we reach this point and we start, you know, getting wrinkles, our body starts changing and all that stuff, like it's petrifying for a lot of women and it's devastating Mm -hmm. for a lot of women because this power that this culture has bestowed upon us for whatever you know now we feel like we're losing it and we feel like um some odd sense of shame and this you know we're not comfortable in our skin anymore and you appear appear to be very confident in your skin and you take off your clothes on a ski slope and i see you with a bottle of champagne running with your ass like hanging out through the field (laughs) and it's you know it's it's awesome but like was it a process to get there like how you know how are you helping because I think like we all could benefit from just being like, like, go for it, go for it. I've learned every time I go for it, something good happens. Every time I step foot out of my comfort zone, you know, I still go, oh, should I be running across a field? And they really, really want to see that, you know? And no, I'm fairly sure they don't. But it's more, I'm, I'm an extreme, you know, it's not, you don't have to buy a really expensive vintage bus and drive around America in extreme heat. I but what I try to do is lead by example go look what's possible look I'm all about look what's possible and who gives a shit who cares you know 4,000 people laughed at my ass running across the field yesterday so if it made someone smile then great you know someone said to me before I left the tour what would when you get to New York and I say to you was the tour a success what what's your measuring stick and I know I don't know, the one woman that I helped into a shelter, the one woman that was empowered by seeing me crying because I was on the side of the road and I wanted to give up hope, but I didn't. I stuck with it and here I am. The woman who is trapped in a relationship of sadness and can't see her way out. Maybe, you know, something I do will inspire her to do that. Um, It doesn't have to be a grand gesture. Sometimes it's just encouraging another person to get out of bed who's suffering from depression. I spoke on a podcast a couple of weeks ago and I had a message from a woman going, I wept and I wept and I wept because you, you know, I, I don't throw away a comment. Like I suffered from postnatal, I had two years of chronic postnatal depression and it has affected me ever since because of decisions I made during those two years. And I look at my son and pictures of me when he's a baby and I feel nothing but shame and um, sadness for the first two years that I, I just can't, I could find no joy in it at all. Um, But the way I talked about it, it um, made her realize that that's what's going on for her. She's like, I just felt alone and I felt like I'm going mad and I've been spending so much money and now I'm hiding it from my husband and it's all spiraling. And just by me saying, you know, it made her understand and so, you know, sometimes you know, in that podcast, actually, I confessed, um, I talked about stealing money from work. I got fired for stealing money from work. I'm a terrible shopaholic. 
And I've never talked about it publicly before, because again, because I'm, you know, obviously it's a shameful part of my past. I've come to peace with it, but I still feel a great deal of shame about it. Um, it was an incredible learning lesson for me. Um, and I accidentally blurted it out on a podcast. Um, and I was like, oh. and they said, is there anything you want editing? And I went, you know what, just leave it in. It's, it's time. I need to talk about it. Maybe if I talk about it, I'll feel better. And oh, my goodness, my direct messages were full of women you know all living with shame around finances and it's so it's that is very woman heavy because as partners you know you know in the old constructs of things you know there's still more relationships with the husband isn't the brain breadwinner and we all compromise ourselves in those new relationships that's all those that new configuration of family when you have the kids who goes back to work how to make it work who's in charge of the finances you know and the fight, you know, finds so complicated, but it unleashed my inboxes, just went wild with women and so much shame. And I feel, for the first time, I feel so not alone. I thought it was only, I thought it was just me, who was a complete idiot with money, who just constantly and consistently through my life made really dumb choices. And it turns out I'm not alone at all. <laughs> you never are. <laughs> you never are. I just... When you share your, um, I just, I don't know, I don't know any other way. People are like, you're so inspirational. And I think, I don't mean, it's not that I don't mean to be, of course, but I, um, I'm just, because I'm so, because I'm normal, but I'm prepared to say it. So you're burying yourself is really burying yourself. So like, I mean, I think that's what, like, I wouldn't, I actually wouldn't be talking to you if you were just taking off your clothes. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be interesting to me and th- no offense, but it's just like, I, that's no, no, not, no. yeah, but, but it's I, a very small part. It's such a small part of it. It's such a small part of it. It's, it's small and it's big all at the same time, because when I see what you were doing, you are clearly like, yes, you're comfortable in your skin, but like below you, like everywhere, like it radiates out, you know? So it's, it seems more of a symbiotic symbolic thing that you're doing you know just like here I am and I think we does it matter right we all could really benefit from that whether or not we put on you know pasties and swing around a pole in New York City you know like we don't like it doesn't need to go there but like just being like I think when you we're we're so harshly critical of ourselves in every single way Mm -hmm. and just to sort of be able to lay bare and be like this is me and you know what like it's beautiful this is a beautiful life and this is a beautiful part of this journey and look how how far I've come right and look how Mm -hmm. like free yourself you can too and it's important to me that I show all sides of that so you'll find as many videos of me crying my bloody eyes out when you will of my ass running through (laughs) a field you know it's it's very much part of it is all all of it um and I feel I love my Instagram has been so, my Instagram is just actually it's just my journey. It's my journey. It's very personal. Um, it resonates on with different people for different reasons. Um, the, the the lecture that I talked about that I flew home to do last summer, the do lectures, I talked about they said, don't do a talk you've not done before. And so I talked about the vulnerability of sharing online you know, all these things. And, you know, the old saying, you stick your head above the parapet, someone will take a shot, you know. And I remember coming into Texas thinking, someone's going to literally shoot me. I'm here with my vibrators and my marijuana and my, you know, come on, girls, you know, running around naked. This this is going to go terribly wrong. My dad, my father was like, I can't speak to you till you've left Texas. You're going to get shot. And I was so scared. I found more power in meeting the people that I didn't agree with than I did out of anything. Because, you know, we we bubble ourselves into our little world, don't we? You know, someone says something we disagree with, and we, un- we block them, we unfollow them, we defriend them, and we craft ourselves and surround ourselves by only the people that we agree with, which is great and safe, but nothing much happens in there. You can preach to the choir all day long. It's the people, the conservative people who I need to just go, you know what? You don't have to run naked through a field wielding a vibrator, but you know, you can stand up for yourself. You could stand a bit taller. You can love your body and not care. It doesn't matter. Does it matter? Are you judging my ass as I rest across the field? Of course you are. Yes, you are. Or maybe I'm inspiring you to go work out. Who knows? <laughs> um, how much of how such... much of what you're how much of that I didn't mean to interrupt you but how much of that because no. you know it does sound like taking up 
hiking and taking up CrossFit, and this is obviously an active podcast, you know, for women who are active in many ways or have been or still want to be. Um, how much of that is like really informed where you are and helped you along this journey? Oh, absolutely, Matt. I wouldn't be where I am without hiking and CrossFit. It's literally those little challenges. You know, I was talking about finding little things in every day. I started CrossFit and I started to realize that, you know, I turn up, there's a real pattern. I turn up at CrossFit, I'd look at the wad, at the workout, <laughs> I'd go, oh, I won't be able to do all of them, you know, 45 of them, I'll do 25. Um, and lo and behold, before 7 a.m., I've, I've surprised myself. I've achieved that and it's not even 7 a.m. I've got up, I've managed to get up, get my ass to the gym, do the actual damn workout, and it's not even breakfast time. So what could happen for the rest of the day, holy only knows. And the same with the hikes, you know, it was like, oh, let's just challenge ourselves. We'll be a little bit faster this week. We'll go a little bit higher. And, you know, I'd invite people. I'd put it all over Instagram. We had straight, you know, each week was a different bunch of women. I would, we'd meet at the coffee shop by school. We'd drop the kids at school, meet at the coffee shop. Everyone had to bring something to share for lunch and a can of hiking wine, which was fine in a can. And then we'd hike to the top of the mountain. Oh, fucking husbands, stupid kids, bloody work. Blah, 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 blah. Neck a can of wine, share some beautiful food, and then all the way back down again and be back at school to pick the kids up. And then come winter, we started snowshoeing, and then we wanted to get a little bit more adventurous. So it was about hardcore of eight or nine of us. We walked the rim to rim of the Grand Canyon. We walked, you know, round mountain. We've done Mount St. Helens more times. You can shake a stick out. We've gone round mountain. We've done so many mad adventures together. And we did have this, you know, there was about four or five expats in the group all living overseas. So we kind of had this magic, it was like this magic extended girls holiday. You know, when you're in, when you're, you're gathered together with common purpose, like your workout group or you're achieving something, there's a sense of magic. And you only, you only know if you're kind of in it. Um, we were all just determined to, we knew we'd never be friends. We're not going to live in the same place for the rest of our lives. This is the magic moment. We were determined to make most of it while we had the chance. By God, we did that. I mean, I don't. I won't. If I if I get knocked down by a bus, I'll be like, oh well, you know, you could be. I hope everyone would just be well. She lived the best life. Like, you know, there's not much. Of course, there'll always be things I want to do or achieve or climb or conquer or whatever. But I, it's fine as long as I'm wearing a good outfit. I'll be fine with getting hit by a bus. So. <laughs> It's so amazing, isn't it? It's just phenomenal. I just love it. I always, when I'm organising events, I go, well, people always go, well, what's going to happen? I go, well, to be honest, women usually, you gather, you make a space and women come, they take care of the rest for themselves. I don't ever sort of structure anything too much because it will always just take, a con you know, you start one conversation and that's it. Women, you know, won't stop talking and it takes care of itself. Um... So yeah, I just think women are magic. <laughs> no, I I I would agree with that. So I I I would like to um get talk of little little uh nuts and bolts just because you know I you're obviously a huge proponent of vibrators and you know that whole experience. How do you think that you know I mean there's still like the stigma and shame surrounding that and. You know, there are some vaginal changes that can happen, too, during this time that makes things sort of like hurt, you know, and, and we do talk mm -hmm. about like vaginal estrogen and sort of, you know, ways that you can take care of that. But like in your experience and in the work that you have done with women, like, how do you think that this actually does benefit them? And how do they get into it? Do they find barriers to it? Like, how do they get over those? Oh, barriers? yeah. I mean, I'm it blows my mind. I mean, I have my personal journey. And then as I've talked about mine. Um, so many women living in very similar situations. I mean, sexual, you know, the neglect in marriage is so common, I think, of each other. Um, and lots of women, so many women living with shame or trauma from the past um, and find it incredibly hard. Um, you know, so many women never had an orgasm by themselves or with a partner, don't touch themselves, so ashamed of themselves or so afraid of themselves and don't know where to start. It, it you know, for every liberated woman, there is, you know, is, is, there are women who don't know where to start. Um, and um, so it really varies. Um, I often, I found, and literally have found, it's, it's like working out, right? The, the more you do it, the better you feel, the better you look. And, and 
it's that. Somebody went, oh, I just don't even know where to start. And I went, please just start. Just start somewhere. Start with your finger. There's some amazing resources online. Um, particularly if you've lost your mojo, you know, it could be like me, you know, you used to be all sexual active and it was all great and brilliant and you've let it go and you just want to find it again and get a bit of a, a kickstart. Um, there's some great websites out there. There's a there's a really great website called beducated.com. And it's basically sex education lessons. So you can subscribe to it. And there's everything from a squirting workshop for the, you know, for your more, you know, your more advanced users to literally a, a guided meditation so you can find your way around your vulva and figure out your bits. A very gentle guided meditation. And I did it. I was like, for goodness sake. I think I know where my vulva, I think I know where my clitoris is. Um, oh my god, it blew my mind. This very basic, uh, you know, just it literally talks you through where to put your fingers and stuff. You just close your eyes, but making that time for yourself is so so important and so precious. And doing it for you as well. I mean, vibrators are not just for you alone. Like get your partner involved. And there's so many different ones on the market. You can. You know, lots of, I always recommend there's there's a really good one that sucks your clitoris. There's quite a few of them around. It'll stimulate just the clitoris. So some people find it really off-putting, the sort of putting it inside. So that's a really good place to start. Um, and you can just go super gentle and just see how it feels and see how your body feels. But then you start to find your confidence with it and start, oh, I like that. Oh, I thought that. And then that's great if you're partnered and you want to try some new stuff. It's very, very, um, it can be simple. It can be very overwhelming also. So the Beducated website is one of the best resources, I think, out there. And then a lot of sex toy companies have some amazing resources on their website, really basic beginnery stuff. And there's lots of very beginner-friendly stuff. Um, but also, actually, there's scientific, you know, and that's what Love Mama Tero and Fun Factory are working on. There's proof that there's some types of vibrator, like one particularly that Fun Factory has developed, it's pulsing actually does increase. It does work on increasing the lube, the lubricant, the natural lubricant within your vagina and your vulva. So actually, as you do get drier in menopause, and that is a that is a can be a worry, and it does it can feel like it hurts a little. Good lube, good lube, always good lube. Please God, always just good lube. It'd be helpful. <laughs> and then Love Mama Tero do some great products. Um, for vagina wellness so you know if you is upset from taking the hormones or you're finding it particularly dry they have some amazing supplements there's tinctures there's suppositories and regular use of those can build up the juice a little bit again and it's good for your pelvic um your pelvic floor health too i mean if you if you look at some of what's happening there some of what's happening is you're losing blood flow like the little capillaries in there and if you do start using those muscles and using that area again, you are like helping drive blood flow and circulation it. back to, yeah. I mean, let me tell you the saddest story of all. So into just started on the vibrator journey and I ended up in a sex shop with a friend and accidentally bought a, in a flurry for a, a huge, huge vibrator. I don't, it was called the big boss. I don't know what I was thinking. It was very ambitious. Anyway, went home Um decided to have a little evening with this vibrator, put the light on, had the music on, set the scene, went to bed early. Couldn't get the damn thing in. I was like, hang on a second. I can't get it in. I can't get it in. I literally went to the OBGYN the next morning with the blooming thing going, I can't get it in. And she was like, she said, oh, you've been sexually active. And I was like, well, no, I've been married for 20 years. <laughs> no. And she said, well, you might need to start smaller and work your way up again. And I was like, but my ex-boyfriend, she said but if you're not using it it's a muscle and it contracts and I'm like, are you telling me that my vagina is closing up and she went it's closing up but yeah and I went well this that was a pivotal moment in my life I went well this is things have got to change and <laughs> <laughs> I was so shocked really it's like everything the more you do it the more confident you feel with it and that can only help if you're if you're looking for a partner or you've got a partner who doesn't like a little you partner with a little you know little confidence it's nice when you see your friend walking around with a new you know little pep in her step my friend's just told her I've been I've been plugging the vibrators to her for ages and she's literally she left dinner last she left dinner early last night she's going home she's gonna go home and have a wank <laughs> <laughs> I was like my work is done <laughs> oh, <dear. sighs> 
I don't know where to go from that. I mean, I think that might be... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, I like, I, I often stop the show at a mic drop moment. I'm like, well, that was just one. Maybe uh, that was it. <laughs> I guess is, is there, I mean, in I, I keep, because I'm such a dork and I always have to go back to like the literature, but, but what you, what you say is actually true. Like when I went to the North American Menopause Society conference, I was really surprised by like all these sort of like dilators, like they have like sort of like dildos that, that you can progressively expand. And it is for that. It's for like women who have not been active for a long time. You know, it does, it gets, it, I never thought of it as closing up, but I mean, it, you know, it does get less elastic in that way. Let's put it that way. And it, it can be painful. And so like starting, you know, with a, with a product that sort of helps reenter, you know, pun intended just to, to kind mm -hmm. of like get everything going again is not bad advice because if you go right out of the gate and you're like, okay, I'm on board. It, you might you might be setting yourself up for a little frustration, you know, and we don't, we're, that's not what we're looking to do. So mm -mm, yeah. Thanks mm -mm. for sharing that. It's a long, it's a long, yeah. And also I discovered there's no great race to the orgasm, you know, it doesn't have to be about your orgasm. It could just be about enjoying your body again. You know, I went through, you know, obviously I take a lot of pictures of myself at Instagram and I'm always videoing myself changing clothes and stuff, dancing around in my knickers and things. But I often, you know, I take sexy pictures for myself. Because I just feel sexy. There's an amazing audio on Instagram, and it's um, from Shit's Creek. Oh, gosh, what was her name? Moira from Shit's Creek. And she's like, take a thousand naked pictures of yourself right now, because I tell you, not too many years from now, you know, you will look back on these pictures with much kinder eyes and go, God, I was amazing. And um, I literally love that so much. So I take loads of sexy pictures of myself. I'm like, I look banging, you know, I work hard for my body. I feel sexy in myself. Um, you know, whoever gets this next is going to be very lucky. But now I'm being, I'm very discerning over who gets it. You know, you don't look at me. I'm not just going to sleep with you because you looked at me anymore. It's, I'm, you know, I'm in my prime here at 52. Who knew that was going to happen? <laughs> so it's going to take somebody quite special to, uh, take up the other half of the bed because quite frankly I love the bed to myself <laughs> and my marriage might have last longer if we got separate bedrooms earlier to be fair <laughs> well thank you Lou for everything that you're doing and for sharing um yourself here on the show is there anything that we have not talked about and I can't imagine there is but who knows that that you would like to leave the audience with I know. I'm terribly sorry. I know you sent me um, um No, you're you amazing. A, like we, we covered before, it all. And I, Don't even it like said, it, it was said, amazing. Please, be, please treat. Please be try and be direct with your answers. I'm like I oh, did not God. say that. <laughs> I would never say that. I would I'm never joking. say that. I'm teasing. I'm joking. <laughs> I do go on. I do apologize. I don't know. Just you know what. Try something new. Try something different every day. It's not a fifth day. Once a week, set yourself a little challenge. Just try something different. Wear sequins to the supermarket and see what happens. See if someone talks to you or see if you feel differently. You know, I enjoy, you know, my outfits is a massive part of what I do and my fashion. I enjoy, I enjoy the attention. I enjoy the chats that it brings. I enjoy the people that it brings to me. I enjoy opening up my world. I enjoy meeting people I don't agree with because I just find that fascinating you don't have to dislike these people but if we understand each other then at least you know we're making some progress even if we don't change much if we understand each other I can't I truly believe that that helps try and find something positive in every day um and when you have a bad day it's okay go get in bed pull duvet over and start again tomorrow fuck it who cares does it matter no just roll with it just keep going just keep swimming and if you feel like you're on your own, talk to someone. Just put it out there. Blab about it on the internet. Call a friend. And I promise you, you'll feel less alone, um, especially as we navigate this new chapter of our lives. I and mean, it can be the most exciting one. If you want it to be, you've just got to make up your mind. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's our show. Come on back next week for a special hormone therapy episode with Dr. Carla DiGirolamo. We sit down and discuss the current state of affairs where women are getting prescribed two, three, sometimes four times the recommended doses of hormone therapy, the value or not of hormone testing, 
and generally just try to cut through the noise and bring clarity in this increasingly confusing space. So come on back for that one. And until then, as always, stay feisty. You've been listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I'm your host, Celine Yeager. The show is edited and produced by the strong, talented, and amazing women at Live Feisty Media. Follow us on social media at Feisty Menopause, and please help us spread the word. Screenshot and share this episode on your social media channels with the tag at Feisty Menopause. Share the show with your friends, and please subscribe, like, review, and rate this show wherever you get your podcasts. Word of mouth and good reviews make it easier for other listeners to find. Thanks for listening, and as always, stay feisty. Stay feisty.